welcome back to our second episode of the Kingdom Sisters radio podcast. We are so thankful for you guys to be with us once again. My name is Myra. My name is Skaya. And I'm Casey. All right. Thank you so much. And so before we get started, I just want to let's just discuss how our weeks have been. How have our weeks been treating us? Well, I can go ahead and start. So um, this week has actually been pretty great. So I got to spend, take a, like a mini vacation and I just got that much needed relaxation time um, and also reflection time. So I've actually been having a really great week and I also got some things done. So I'm feeling pretty good. Awesome. Awesome. I'm glad you're feeling good. How about you, Casey? Um... This week for me has been, I've just been processing a lot. I feel like um, I've been mentally on the road So I just feel like I've been pushing through that. But overall, I feel like um, this week has been really good. So for my week, for my week, y'all, this has been, I, I second that notion uh casey for me i have had a very hard week initially i came into this week feeling heavy i felt really heavy i felt anxious i felt frustrated i felt i felt as if i was looking at other people and looking at my life and and feeling as if i was inadequate in my current situation, in my current circumstances. And so because I felt like that, because I felt so small, I just went into this very dark place. However, I want to reassure the kingdom. I want to assure you guys, I want to reassure the listeners, and I want to reassure my sisters that I am in a very good mental state right now. I feel very good. This is the last day of our fast with our church. And so I felt like there was a breakthrough in my life. And I just want to expound upon the feeling of feeling little. Because when I was reviewing, if you're with us on this second episode, I first of all, I just want to thank you because I know that first episode was rough. I know there was some technical difficulties. I know that that you were kind of, it was very hard for you to listen to it. But if you listen to it to the very end, we, we thank you so much for listening to it. Because I just want to show you guys, that's just, that first episode is a testimony. When you have less, you can still do something with that less. So I just want to bring that into our topic for today, which is the topic of less is more. Less is more. Today, we just want to talk about uh, having less, and even with having less, it is still more. So, before we begin, uh, does anyone does anyone want to touch upon the idea of being less? Why is it that sometimes we feel as if we have less than what we should have? I feel like sometimes we feel as though we have less because where we want to go or the vision 
where we're supposed to be is bigger than where we are. So comparing it to the state that you're in versus the state that you will be in seems very small. Makes us feel like we don't have enough. Mm. Exactly. Um, I definitely agree. And also just simply comparing it, not even in our own minds, but also comparing it to what others have, which we can't do that. Um, and that's definitely what I want to jump into today. Um, if I could go ahead and get in there and we get to talk about it, because I definitely have something on my heart and mind that I want to share. Go ahead. Yes, we want to hear. <laughs> okay, first of all, when it comes to that, we always have something to give. And so I think we need to tear down that misconception to change our perspective, right? So whether it's our time, our skills, creativity, thoughts, ideas, our company, um, energy, meaning like we're working, we're helping somebody out, helping them move, um, babysitting, doing whatever we can. We have something to give. We have resources to give. It's not always monetary, right? And so only God knows the true value of what you're giving. So some people can look at you and like, oh, they got all of this and they're only giving um, $50. Like, I know they have more than that to give. You don't understand their circumstance. You don't know, they could be saving up for something that is greater than them. And so the only thing that they're able to actually give is that $50 at that time. And God knows that. So God only, God is the only one who knows the true value of what you're giving. So ignore what people say about that, right? God mm. knows the true value of your sacrifice, right? He mm. knows the true value of your sacrifice. So we only begin to question what we can give or question our sacrifice when we start to compare it to what others have and give. We begin to devalue ourselves. Wow. Oh, they gave 5,000. I can only give my time. I can, I can help them out in the kitchen this day. I can paint their house that day. I can watch their kids another day, but that's nothing compared to their 5,000 that person gave. Quit telling yourself that lie, that you are not valuable and you have nothing to give because you do. So close your eyes to what they are doing, what other people are doing and focus your eyes on what you're able to do and be glad knowing that it's more valuable because it costs you more. And so I definitely want to talk about that. When you have less, what you have becomes more valuable. Luke 21, one through four, it talks about the scripture of the widow's two mites. So some of us are familiar with that scripture. Mm -hmm. And it goes like this. And he looked up and saw the rich putting their gifts into the treasury. And he saw also a certain poor widow putting in two. So he said, Truly, I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all for all these out of their abundance have put in offerings for God. But Ooh. she, out of her poverty, put in all the livelihood that she had. And I remember in college, <laughs> I, I'm, you know, oftentimes people talk about broke college kids, right? So I wouldn't say that I was broke. I never want to say that. You know, I always want to talk about where I'm going, not where I currently am. So um, I never want to tell myself that. But in college, 
you know, I made sure to give to the church. I was in church. I made sure to give. Um, I, if I had money, I gave money. If I had my time, if I had energy, I gave that. I gave my creativity. I was willing to go outside of my comfort zone and I gave my ideas. Um, and so I gave what I had and God rewards us according to our heart. So my heart was in the right place. Jeremiah 17, 10 says, but I, the Lord, search all hearts and examine secret motives. I'm going to repeat that. But I, the Lord, search all hearts and examine secret motives. Mm. I give all people their due rewards according to what their actions deserve. So that's what Jeremiah 17, 10 says. Okay, so... What does your heart deserve? What does that actually cost you? What have you weighed it? How much does it weigh for you to give of those resources that you give? So my heart was in the right place. I desire to help the church. I desire to help people. There was no ulterior motive. And that's really important when it comes to doing things for God, right? We don't want hypocrisy. We don't want to have ulterior motives. We don't want to be deceptive, right? So that's really important. So someone giving a hundred when they have ample supply of funds is incomparable to someone who has nothing and gives their time and energy and their resources. Okay. I just want to, I just want to share this story when I was in college. Okay. Um, so I remember I did not have money at this time and I was hungry and I needed some toiletries. There were some items that I need to get. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just began to pray because I have faith in God. And I just told God, I was like, Lord, there's some things I need to get. I need to get some toiletry items. You know, I need to take care of myself and I'm hungry and the cafeteria is closed. Um, it would be nice if I'm able to get, you know, some a pizza or so. That would be nice. But I just need to give you the burdens on my heart because I know you care for me. So I prayed. And then after I finished praying, I believe God was going to provide. And then I just, I don't know if I believe God told me to begin walking towards the store. So I'm like, okay, I began to walk towards the store. And this was a cold day, but it had just rained. The ground was a little muddy. Um, and I began to walk to the store. As I'm walking to the store, I feel like I hear God tell me to look around because I have expectation that he'll provide. So I began to look around. Mm. And as I began to look around, I looked at the ground and I saw a $20 bill. Ooh. That $20 wow. bill, even though it was a muddy day, that $20 bill did not have a speck of mud on it. It didn't have a speck wow. of dirt. And it was crisp and it was sitting there. And even though the wind was blowing, I could see the money was shaking a little bit from the wind. It did not fly away and it wasn't stuck in the mud. And I was like, Lord, is this $20 for me? Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, you know, knowing who I am, I'm like, okay, somebody might've lost this money that really needed it. So I'm gonna wait here. I'm gonna wait here. Should I give it to the police? What should I do? If I give it to the police, it's probably not gonna uh, do anything. <laughs> so I was like, um, you know, I don't know what happens when you have a small amount of money you give to the police. So I was like, okay, so I'm just going to stand here and wait for the person to come back because if they lost it, they're going to come back looking for it. Mm -hmm. So I was sitting there for some time and I just waited, you know. So as I began to wait, then I thought, 
is this money for me? I just prayed that I would have some money. I would be able to get these things that I needed. And this money is here. So I said a prayer <laughs> for whoever, <laughs> if somebody dropped the money or if somebody intentionally did it or it just somehow got there. Um, so I just said a prayer and then I picked up the money and I was able to get all of the things that I asked for. Wow. That's amazing. That is amazing. Yeah, that, that is so good. God is so good. You know what? And that brings me to, you know, to touch upon that faith is strengthened when we have less. Oftentimes, faith is strengthened when we have less. Our unbelief, when we gain more, you know, it's, it's something shifts. It's like, oh, wow, look at what God can do. You know, I believe in what he can do in my life. And because I believe, that's where our, our belief system shifts and change. And so you, you have faith that God would provide. And because of that, you heard what he had to tell you. He said, look around and you found that, found that $20 bill. Oftentimes, we're so weighed down by what we don't have that we don't realize that God is forever with us. So if we just kind of press towards him and listen in what he has to say, sometimes he will show us the way. Sometimes he will, he will direct our eyesight. Sometimes he will direct our legs, our limbs, our mind, and he will use what we have and do something big with it. God multiplies. And if you don't realize that God multiplies, then you need to read your Bible because <laughs> it's all throughout the Bible. God is multiplying. He is a God that multiplies. And you see that in Second uh, Kings 4, in which he, there was a, a prophet who helped a woman who was about to sell her son, helped her find that there was something in her house that she can use in order to multiply, and that was oil. And then we have, again, the boy with the, the fish and the, and the bread. Jesus broke that bread and he multiplied it, okay? And then we have the woman at the well in John 4, I think it was 4, 4 through 42. Uh, it's a, if you haven't read it, I mean, this is a scripture that we all know, but she was waiting at a well. She was trying to get some water at the well, and Jesus is like, Listen, uh, I have some something that will quench your thirst. That that is not this water. It will it will quench that emptiness in you. It will quench that 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 your need to gain something that that you don't have within your own resources. You don't have what I can give you. Therefore, let me give this to you. And in part of giving this to you, she ended up running from the well and telling everybody that she knew. That Jesus was at the well. Come, come see about a man who told me everything about myself. Come, come see about this man. And she ended up, I believe, didn't she, uh, with the expansion? Yeah, spreading the, yeah, spreading the gospel. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, she ended up spreading the gospel, and yeah, she was. She didn't start that way. She start with her little self, her little broken self, and God multiplied her little broken self. And I just want to. We just want to encourage those who are feeling less that you are more. 
You are more than what you think you are. You are more. And because you are more, God will do more with what you have. Absolutely, though, Myra, what you were saying, you know, God can do a lot with what you have. I mean, we look at David, right? <laughs> a pebble. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> with smooth pebbles and a sling in his hands <laughs> is a deadly <laughs> weapon, right? Um, so it doesn't really matter what you think you have what you have to be more valuable in your hands giving your gifts and your talents compared to when you like think about what else somebody else has Casey what do you have to say is there anything that you want to talk about in particular I just want to add one thing um when I was in church and I was so hungry for God and I wanted to be in the place and I'm just like Lord I just need to be in the place I don't I don't care I just need to get there and I'm in church and you know they always say if you want to uh, give it's offering time and stuff like that and it's like I didn't really have much to give and I'm like Lord I just I really want to give I'm like Lord if you get it to me you can get it through me you know and um I went to church and I would just, I would give whatever. If I had got $2, I would give about 10% off of that $2. It didn't matter because whatever I was going to give, I was going to give, you know? And then God began to bless me enough so that I could give. And it's like, Mm -hmm. I had less, but it was more because it came from a struggling place. God knew that I was sacrificing and then he also blessed me be able to give more I feel like we're just going to continue to do the same thing so that I can give more the first step into gaining more with your less for those who are wondering the first step into gaining more with your less is acknowledging the fact that you have little some people talk big and because they talk big they don't realize that there is something that is missing do you do when you feel like what you have is not enough Mm. okay yeah so what do you do Mm. I feel like uh the first thing that you need to do is I mean short and sweet be grateful okay Mm -hmm. um so we all at some point probably feel like we don't have enough you know, because we want, we have these goals and we have these expectations and these desires. And when we don't, we haven't obtained those things just yet, then we may not feel like we have enough. Um, we're like, oh, as soon as I get this, then I'll be able to do that. As soon as I get that, I'll be able to do this. And so we are actually putting those limitations on ourselves when we do that. Because like I said, you don't know the value of what you have. Only God truly knows the value of what you have. So changing your perspective initially, you know, start to see the value in what you have. I'm grateful that I'm able to do this. Start saying the things that you're grateful for. Start saying the the things, you know, I have this, I have this, you know, I'm grateful. I have shelter. I have food. I have clothes. I have, start thinking about all those things that you actually do have you know like people say I can sing you know so maybe that's something that I have people say I draw okay maybe that's something I can I have maybe I can build on that and make that 
greater. So then I don't feel as though what I have is not valuable enough. Okay, mm-hmm. you gotta start somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you gotta start somewhere. The big question is when you really don't know, not seeing it, and you don't have a vision for it, ask God, what have you already given me that I can use? Mm-hmm. And yes. then allow Him to reveal it to you so that you can go ahead and you, you've already gave me. Mm-hmm. Yes. What do I have? What do I have in my house? What do I have in my hands? What do I have in my mind? What? How can I use this creativity that I have? How can I utilize these ideas that I have? How can I put apply what my ideas to paper? What are some limitations that will prevent you from moving forward? I have a dream. I have a dream. And my dream is so big that I don't know if I'm capable of reaching that dream. What what are some limitations that will prevent you from moving forward in the dream that you're trying to create for yourself, in the dream that you have in mind for yourself? And even more so, more than you, what how can this dream that I have benefit the kingdom? But what are some limitations that would prevent you from moving forward there's so many things that prevents people from moving forward so I think about pride is one of those things Mm -hmm. where people want to try to do everything in their own power and in their own strength and they're not willing to reach out to somebody who um, might be able to invest who might be able to provide some ideas who might be able to help them out in some way so I think pride wanting to be the one to say I did this all by myself I think that's a big problem as well. And I also think um, fear, you know, we know that fear plays a large role. Like what if this fails, you know? And so I think that often halts people in their tracks. Wow. They're just paralyzed by fear. Like I, I can't. And so then they start to think they can't do it. And then they find themselves, you know, just feeling all of those negative effects from you know, defeat, doubt, all of those things, they start to tear themselves down and then they can't move forward, right? Because they've put themselves in that position. They begin to put those limitations on themselves. And so definitely pride and fear are two big things. Hmm. I agree. Yeah, I agree with that that too. Pride and fear. Mm -hmm. Mm Hmm. Seeing you have less and being so disheartened that you miss your promise is another thing. Seeing you have so very little and you're like, I can't do nothing with this. I I, I feel like I'm 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 nothing. I I can't do anything with what I have right now. And because you feel like you don't have so much, you you miss something. You miss something. And I just want to let you know that. Feeling disheartened is a part of life. The problem that then arises is staying, marinating in that feeling, just marinating in it, just letting it soak into the very marrow of your bones and letting it consume you, consume you to the point that you're just like, I can't move forward. I'm just going to stay here marinating. The thing is, marinating is good. 
but there is a certain time period where you got to get that meat out of the marinade. Otherwise it will just fall apart. Otherwise it will become too salty. Otherwise it'll just, and, and salty in a bad way, not in a good way. Okay. Let's just clear that up. You'll become too salty in a very bad way. And you, it's very hard to take something that has been marinating for so long and forming into something that can be nourishment for the very, for, for yourself. And so I just want to, to let you guys know that feeling disheartened is a part of life. However, you just can't stay there. If you think about it, if, as it relates to the, to the Bible, remember when the Israelites uh, went to see the promised land, they, mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they went out to see the promised land and, and they saw, Ooh, look, this, this land is flowing, like flowing with like milk and honey. And it's just like, there was some big grapes there and, and it, it was just beautiful. And they were there and all they saw was some negative aspects of, of something that was already promised to them. And because they pinpointed on the fact that they, they were big giants in the land and <laughs> there was all this other stuff that, that it was all these adversaries in the land, in their promise, um, that they became so disheartened that they ended up coming back with a bad report. And this happens in Numbers 13 and 32. They, give, they give up, ended up giving a bad report because they became disheartened about their disadvantages. And they weren't focused on the fact that what they were staring at was already theirs. Mm -hmm. You know what? I also want to go ahead and add to that. When people, when God has given you a promise and you're in a situation where it doesn't, your life doesn't look like whatever God promises you and you start to get discouraged, start thinking about where he brought you from. What has he done to bring you to this point? Because a lot of times we're looking about, we're looking at, oh, he promised me this, but I don't see anything happening right now, you know. But God is the author, he's the finisher. So he's giving you a promise that has our you know already happened in his sight. You haven't seen it yet. So you have to start looking back. Where did he bring you from to this to this point? If he did that, why wouldn't he do something else? You know, why wouldn't he do what he promised? Mm. Absolutely. And we have to be careful. I really like what you were saying with their, uh, their KC. And we have to be careful, too, when we're looking back, because we have to try to look back and not reflect on all the negative things, because sometimes that past trauma can prevent you from seeing the future blessings wrapped up in the trauma of the past and you keep replaying those things well last time when i tried to move forward this happened mm. and 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 then you're like oh what if, what if this happens again you know what if i make a mistake what if it was my fault the first time and so then you begin to replay all of the negative instead of reflecting on all of the positive things that god brought you through we begin to um make that thing greater right then all of the things, all the positive things, wonderful things that God has done because people get so focused that that trauma was so prevalent in hmm. them wow. that it's created. Because, you know, when you go through times of stress, cortisol, that that hormone begins to increase in our bodies, right? And then if people are in that 
period of stress for prolonged periods of time, they that's what I call stress the, uh, the deadly, the silent killer, because they get so wrapped up in that period of stress that they begin to ignore all of the symptoms as a result of being in that high state of stress. Um, so um, then they keep replaying that trauma, that cortisol is still at high levels, but they have ignored all of the triggers that's telling them, hey, you need to, you need to relax, you need to take a breather, you need to calm down. Um, they begin to ignore all of that. And so that has become embedded in their, mm. their psyche. That has become embedded instead of those positive things. And so yeah. I think that's really important when we begin to reflect, try to focus on all of the wonderful things and, and hold that feeling, hold that feeling, right? Um, and think, okay, this feels good. This is a good place for me to be in. So let me try to reflect and keep that in mind instead of thinking about what didn't work out before. Yeah, good. That's that's healthy. Mm-hmm. And you know, I um I started watching this show, and I just thought it was interesting. They do like science experiments and things like that, and they take a hundred people and um they conduct experiments. You know, they'll do little trials to see oh which. Um, which age group is more productive. And so that was one of the episodes I was watching when they talk about which age group are we the most productive. And I thought it was really, really interesting. Um, and you know, this this actually might be another topic for another day, but I'm talking about trauma and stress that prevents us from moving forward. And so mm-hmm. as I'm watching this, they had age groups from 20, 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s plus. Okay, and so they have them can do different things like build a chair together while one person is communicating, the other person has to relay that um that oh, you know, those notes and then they have to what'd you say? Like that game of telephone or something. Yeah, that was like one of the activities. So they had to relay the message and then the team had to work together based on what the other person was telling them. And so they were doing that and what I saw. In my mind, I was thinking, okay, I feel as though the 20s and the 60s, I feel like they're less stressed than uh, a lot of groups. And because of that, they, certain activities, they're, when they're not put under high pressure and under high stress, they'll perform better. But I think that the middle age group, like the 40s or the 50s, I feel like they're used to those high pressure situations because at that point in time, everything has kind of happened almost in their life where they have to focus on mortgage, they have to focus on paying the bills. Some of them might have kids at that time. And so I think that they're often placed in those high stressful environments that when it comes to those things, they're already on alert. They already know how to adjust and maneuver through those things. Mm. So when they were building the chair, that takes more patience. That's not really a high stressful thing. And so the 40s actually did the worst, but the 20s and the 60s did the best. Um, and so when we see that, and they were talking about the U-curve, so they said people are happier in their 20s and their 60s. And I absolutely believe that because they have less stress. And so when they were actually put in an escape room kind of environment, guess which group did the best? Oh, the other group. Yep, the 40s and the 50s. 
because they're already used to those high stress high stressful environments where they you know in an escape room you're trapped right and then you have to to figure out what to do with what you have and so you're already on alert and your mind is going 100 miles you know and so they did the best they got out first wow yeah so I was just like that was just my theory going into watching that episode and I was just thinking like wow because I've been telling my husband like we have to make sure that we are content and that we are taking care of ourselves and we're not causing ourselves to be stressed out so planning and preparing definitely helps with that um but yeah so that just reminds me of that whole situation where we're replaying that past trauma Mm, replaying past trauma wow which even it that even goes to show with with the Israelites giving that bad report I I just I want to read it I want to read this the scripture because they went through something they they fled from Egypt okay they they have that trauma embedded in their DNA they had to escape the but the when they were there they were experiencing slavery. They were enslaved there. They ha- they didn't have the same freedoms. And so maybe trauma added to the fact that they gave this bad report because they began to realize where they had came from. But just because you came from something small, humble beginnings, doesn't mean you're going to stay there. And so I just want to um, read the scripture. So this is in Numbers this is uh, 13 and 27 and through 33. I'm just going to read the whole thing. So they gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us. And it does not, and it does flow with milk and honey. It does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. But the people who live there are powerful and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites live in the Negev the Hitchites, the Jebusites, the Amorites live in the hill country, and the Canaanites live near the sea and along the Jordan. Then Caleb silenced the people, Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. Now note that Caleb is the eldest out of all of them. Ooh, my God. Caleb is the eldest out of all of them that were giving the they, this is this is the one who is speaking he's older so it's funny that you talked about that show and how the 20 year olds and the 60 year olds uh ended up you know uh were able to do they were able to have less stress in completing the task right that they had to uh, they were set out to do so caleb is the eldest out of this group but the men this is uh verse 31 but the men who had gone up with him said We can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among them, Israelites, a bad report about the land they had explored. They said the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. We saw the Nephilim there. The descendants of Anak come from Nephilim. We seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes. And we look the same to them. They look like grasshoppers what are grasshoppers they're small they're really small in our own eyes we were small and because we saw ourselves as small 
we can't conquer that land. We can't move forward. Mm-hmm. How can we fix our unbelief? How can we fix it? We can fix it by realizing, well, to touch upon what you said, Skaya, you were, you were mentioning this before. We can fix our unbelief by practicing our faith, by allowing our faith to guide us, by fixing what we say. You know, sometimes we tell ourselves the, I was talking about this on Facebook recently. I posted a, a post because I was in, I was listening, I was going through it. And in my post, I was talking about how, why is it so easy to feel fearful, to feel stressed out, to be, to, to feel filled with anxiety? Why is it easier to feel all those negative emotions versus feeling happy and content and at peace? Why is it so much easier to feel the negative aspects of, of things rather than the positive. And it's so easy because darkness consumes, it consumes us. It makes it so that, that it's hard for us to escape it, but light, light expels. Light that comes out of us, light that comes from God, it, it, it's reaching us even now. Light is, it, God is with us even now, but sometimes people don't even feel that light because they're stuck in the darkness. And if you just acknowledge that there is light, sometimes even that small kernel of faith that you have, even as small as a mustard seed, what can a, what can a faith the side of a mustard seed do? Come on, can move mountains. <laughs> exactly. That's why I wanted. <laughs> it can move mountains. That's right. <laughs> so we we just want to encourage you today, y'all. If you're feeling small, know that faith the size of a mustard seed can move mountains. You can move mountains with the faith that you have. But some of us have trouble you like acting upon that faith. You know, it, it's easier said than done. it's easier said than done honestly from speaking from a personal perspective when people say oh you just gotta have faith and it's gonna happen and you just gotta have faith this is this is coming from my past self let me let me just say that because I, I kind of overcame overcame that but when people would tell me you just gotta have faith I'd be like you ain't giving me no good advice. <laughs> it's, easier, it's easier said than done. Listen, I gotta, I'm looking at my bank account. I, I got to have faith. But listen, these numbers, these numbers ain't doing right. These numbers ain't doing what it's supposed to do. My faith is for these numbers to increase, Lord. Increase my faith. <laughs> help me, Lord. Help me. Because sometimes it is very easy to just focus on that negative, that that big account that's just not where it's supposed to be. I'm looking at it, it don't make sense. So it's kind of hard to have faith when I'm seeing what I need to have, what seeing what I what I don't have. Let's just say that. So I just want you just got to shift that mindset. You have to realize that less is more. Sometimes when you feel in like discouraged, just say less is more. When you feel in like like you're you're you don't have enough confidence, less is more. Less, less is more. <laughs> less is more. Less is more. I, I don't have a lot in my bank account, but less is more. Less is more. I, what I got in my house. Oh, I got I got these blank canvases scattered around. What can I do? Less is more. What can I do with what I have? What can I do with what I have? Less is more. 
And so I just want I just wanted to make sure that this is being entered into your mind. Let it sink. Let it let it sink into your mind that that less is more. Less is more. You gotta keep you gotta tell yourself. Matter, matter of fact, in your office, if you if you're not even if you're working from home, get a get a little sticky note and write less is more and, and post it up. And for that week, just focus on that and every morning throughout the day as you're going about your test just look at that less is more and and i feel like your mindset is going to shift just just do that just i feel like your mindset is just going to is just going to shift i'm going to do it myself because sometimes i got to be reminded less is more oh i don't understand this thing that i'm working on at work uh, less is more though less is more. that's let a me, good idea let me let me, let me just yeah. do that you know so i think that i think that is healthy uh that mindset of, yes. of less is more because if you can do a lot with little, when you get a lot, child, listen, when you get a lot, come on now. <laughs> when you get a lot, I'm getting happy in my spirit. Oh, God. When you get a lot, when you work with your little, and then you get a lot, when God blesses you with a lot, do you know what you can do? Let me call myself. Hold up. <laughs> That's a really good idea. Actually, um, when we're buying our house, my the salesperson she actually had on the sticky note "less is more." Well, she actually oh, wrote it on a dry. It was on a dry erase board. Actually, she wrote "less is more," and I was just looking at her notes that she wrote to herself, and I was just thinking, "That's pretty good," you know. And she she's a go getter every day, right? And I think she's a, a great salesperson. And um, yeah, that was written there, right? You got to write notes to yourself, right? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Just just be reminded. Mm. Yeah. So I actually write on my mirror. So <laughs> when I'm washing my face, I'll write things on the mirror to remind me or um, just things that God spoke into my life. And then I'll repeat them just to remind myself, you know, it's just like affirmations that help me through the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. those self-affirmations yeah yeah definitely play the more that I find the more that I say those self-affirmations to myself sometimes you've got to say it out loud the more I do that the more I begin to feel I actually feel something move in my spirit and I'm like okay yeah so this is taking root and this is going to sprout up um, a beautiful harvest because I begin to speak it into existence right because mm -hmm. the Life and death lies in um, our tongue, right? So I'm going to speak life. I'm going to mm -hmm. speak life. And it's going to take root and it's going to grow because that's right. You know, I'm going to create a harvest from that's me right. speaking those things. Come on now. That's, that's good. That's really good. Now, this is something, this is a, a particular topic that we, that um, I'm, I'm actually working on something that, that talks about this more in depth, but I, I just want to, to realize that there is power in the words that we speak to ourselves. The, the power of life and death is in the tongue. And so we do have to practice. We have to practice uh, saying those positive affirmations to ourselves. But in this season, eventually, eventually, that the knowledge of what you are, who you are, is going to become so firmly embedded in your way of life, your way of being, that you won't even need those positive affirmations because you're going to be sustained wow. 
and the knowledge of who you are. You're going to wow. be sustained. And God wants us to be sustained in the knowledge of who we are, that we don't, we can say positive affirmations, but there will come a time when you won't even need to say it because it's already a part of you. It's already embedded in part of you. And I've been reading all these books about self-sustaining farms. They become successful, some of them. There was a farm that was actually built in the desert. And I want to, I say that to say that you can, you can build, you can build a self-sustaining farm in the desert if the foundation is right, if the earth is right, if you've, you've said all the things you can say and you're just allowing God to do what he needs to do in your life, you can be a self-sustaining, uh, a, a person. You can be sustained in the knowledge of what God has already called you to be, of what God is calling you to be. Some of us are in the calling phase. We're being called and we don't even know what's happening. We're being tugged and we don't even know what's happening. We feel some unsettling in our spirit and we don't really know what's happening. It is because you are being shaped. It is because you're being molded. You're not less than, you are more. You are being molded into something big, to a new creation. And so I need you to realize that kingdom we we have to realize that we are being shaped in in the very moment that we're speaking we are being shaped right now the earth is rotating the earth is moving you know when we think about the potter and 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 the wheel and the potter's wheel that is the wheel is always turning just like this world is always turning and because the world is turning we are also turning we have to realize we are turning um not with the world but through the power of god so because the world is is turning by the power of god it can stop today it can stop today <laughs> but it's rotating through the power of god and so uh i hope I hope this message is reaching someone out there who who is feeling less, uh, who is feeling like they don't have enough, who is feeling like uh, I I have these dreams, but I'm not going to act upon them because I got so little. I, I'm just I'm just little. I, I can't I can't do much with what I got. I need you to get rid of that mind that mindset that mentality. I need you to get rid of that and realize what you got. You got a lot. You have a lot, less is more. Okay, ooh, anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, in this season, you know, it's funny. In this season, we keep hearing that God is about to begin to amaze us. And God is about to do unexpected things. I keep hearing that too. And in, in, in the, the sermons that I've been watching, I've been hearing this often that God is about to do unexpected things. God is about to do more with less. Therefore, less is more. And I want to reference this to something I recently watched. Um, Stephanie Ike, I know we talked about her in the first episode uh, of our podcast, but she recently, she talked about a dream that she had. God has prepared you in the secret place. We are coming into a time that it is going to be the rise of the underdog. And the underdog means you're not going to look the part. You're not going to sound the part. But it is God that is going to open the door before you. He says, I have seen that you are faithful. And I'm going to open doors for you even when the world says no. Because the Lord is the one who rules above all. And when he opens a door, no one can shut it. The only thing that can stop it is if you decide to not walk in. 
This is going to be a season where God is shifting power and authority. And he's going to shift it to people that have been hidden, that have been in preparation, that have been steadfast, that have been faithful. And you have to embrace the shift, embrace the shift. You know, um, recently I had a dream and, and in this dream, the Lord was talking to me about this season that we have entered. And in the dream, we were driving, I was driving with some people and we were go. there was a particular street. This was like seven, it, it felt like it was like seven, eight a.m. in the morning, right? And all of a sudden the streets are crowded. It's so many people, not not in cars they are standing in the street and in the dream in the at first i was a everyone in the dream and myself we were a little panicked the people in the car because we were like hey you know this is la you know there's been a lot of crazy things going on in la in the natural there's been a lot of crazy things going on in la and in the dream i had that understanding and i'm like man this you know because the people looked it was a very colorful bunch of people some people looked like, you know, like criminals. I mean, you could see that people, there was, you had a knowledge. You know how in dreams you can see a person and you already have a knowledge of who they are. And so in the dreams, there were people that we saw and we had a knowledge of, of the things that they have done. You know, the, the stains in their life and all the mess that has happened. And so the people in the car where we were afraid, like what is happening here? And all of a sudden, that fear turned into a calm and a peace. And in the dream, I could sense the Holy Spirit say, get out of the car and actually walk towards what is going on. I want to show you something. And all of a sudden, I realized that, wait, God is actually in this. God wants to show me what is going on. And so I tell the people, I'm like, hey, get, get out of the car. Let, let's actually go and see what is happening because we're looking from a distance. We need to get up close to really understand why are all these people gathered here? And as we got out of the car and we began to walk closer, the people that were known to be criminals, there were people that were homeless, the people that have been rejected by society, these people were praying for people. And many were falling under the anointing of God. Many were being healed. Many were being revived. There were incredible things that were happening. People were, were speaking in their heavenly language. It was a beauty. And then the Lord began to speak to me. And he said, revival is here. And it would come through the most unlikely people. And I was like, oh my gosh. Because you see, the promise of the Lord is that his spirit will fall on all flesh. His spirit will fall on all flesh and the beauty in God. Because when we came into relationship with Jesus, we, we, we took off the robe of our righteousness and put up the robe of Christ's righteousness. What do y'all think about that dream? What do you think about that dream that she had? Oh, that was really good. Yeah, I felt like it was powerful. Um, it was interesting enough. Um, I think it was yesterday. I think it was yesterday night. I was praying, and I the Holy Spirit prompting me to pray for certain things. And I was uh, praying and um, asking God to stir up something in the inside of me. And I feel like that dream is basically 
stirring up stuff in the inside of us. Like the people that are least likely to be doing these things were doing something because I think God is about to stir up something in the inside of us and miracles are going to happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is absolutely true. Well, I'll see what he got for me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited. I'm excited. You know, this week, I'm going to be reaching a milestone. I'm going to be turning 30 years old. And um, (laughs) at the beginning of this week, y'all, I'm not going to lie. Like I said, I was having a very dark week. I, I felt very, like I was looking at all of my friends on on Facebook my Facebook friends they're around my same age and I see them with all these kids and I see them with husbands and I see them you know traveling or doing whatever they're doing and I was looking at all of that and I began to feel small in my mentality I, I began to feel like I wasn't where I'm supposed to be and here's the thing when we start questioning God's timing that's when the enemy can swoop in and be like Leah yeah, you that, you that, you this. <laughs> yeah, stay right there. Stay right there. Stay right there. That, that's the kind of mentality he wanted us to have. And so he was he, uh, literally, I was battling. I was battling that. And I think it was on Thursday. I, you know, we were, we were talking, I think in the group message, when you sent that message about like the different feedback we were getting from our first episode. And it, it struck a chord because that week I just felt felt so little. And so when I when I got that feedback, I felt even more little. I got really, really like deep, deep, deeply anxious. I became really, really sad all of a sudden. And I don't and I know what it was. It was something that was fighting me. And I just began to cry out to God. I was crying unstoppably. I tried to pray during my tears, during my crying session, but I I couldn't. I couldn't even say anything. I was just like, I was just emotional, y'all. I I literally was so emotional. I was I was thinking about all the things that I wasn't I wasn't at, the, all the places I haven't gone, all the the people that I that I haven't seen, uh, all the relationships that I didn't have. I you know I started thinking about all of this. And when we are in that kind of mentality by ourselves, I feel like it gets worse because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm single. I, I don't have a, you know, a man. It's not something that I'm just like, oh, you know, but that week I started thinking about it like, yeah, and I don't got this and I, and I don't got this. And I, y'all, it just, I was really, I was really down in the dumps, mm-hmm. but I say all this to say, I say all this to say is that I had to get very, 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 very small in order for God to bring me back up. I literally slept in the fetal position. I went back to being a baby (laughs) in my mother's womb. I was in the fetal position and I went to sleep. And then I started getting these words and I started watching, you know, all these scriptures and one of all these videos, you know, of pastors preaching and then realized that even with my little, I can do a lot. And though my timing 
it though the timing seems off in my mindset i shouldn't be thinking that way because we are not we are not in charge of our time but we are in charge of what we do in our time of course but god has the perfect timing and so i began to feel lighter after realizing that even with that god can do a lot with with what i have and though i don't though i'm not married though i don't have kids it will happen when it happens and when it does i'm going to think back to that time i felt small and use it as a testimony because listen you know that 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 i'm not going to go back to who i used to be and because i went to that baby mentality turning 30 this week I, I feel like a brand new woman. <laughs> I feel like some things are shifting in my life. And because the enemy fought me so hard, I believe a lot of good things are about to happen. And because a lot of good things are about to happen, I just have to give God glory. I have to praise him. I got to worship him. I got to go into my prayer closet because there's things fighting me. And because I know there are things fighting me, that means my prayer got to be twice as harder, uh, not even twice as hard triple, you know, triple time. I got to do triple time prayers, you know, more than just twice a day. I got to pray three, four, five times a day in order to fight what's being, uh, what I've been, what I'm ever feel like that, uh, you're not enough because God would show up and be like, you thought you wasn't enough, but didn't I tell you this? Didn't I tell you this? Didn't I send that that prophet to tell you this? Didn't I give you that word to tell you this? And you over here focusing on what you're seeing, not realizing that you already have a promise, that something is promised to you. Kingdom, be encouraged out there. Be encouraged. Less is more. Oh, so I actually wanted to add something because I experienced this week where I was um reflecting and I seen something I'm like oh this person got married and I'm just like this person of all people got married I'm like I, um started thinking like well how does this person of all people I like you wouldn't have I've never would have guessed that they would get married and they're married and I'm like looking at my life like I'm not even married I don't have any kids or whatever and I hadn't and I wasn't really thinking about it too hard at the moment but seeing that brought up these emotions I'm about to arrest these thoughts because I'm not going into uh, work feeling like this or thinking this because I know what kind of God that I serve, you know? So I just started basically speaking things out, like saying what kind of God I serve and what he promised me. And I know that if I seek first, seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, all things shall be added unto me. So I'm not worried about what other people have because as long as I'm doing what I need to do, God's going to go ahead and bless me in areas that I need to be blessed in. Mm. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't be discouraged by what you see, but be trusting in the knowing that comes from walking this walk with God. Trust God in all circumstances and he will direct your path. He will make the crooked path straight. He will guide your steps. He will fortify your mind for our mind has to be fortified. The devil works by first attacking your mind. You need to place that helmet on strongly and arm yourself with the full armor of God and know that God will protect you. God will put a hedge of protection around you 
strengthening the hedge of protection can only be done by prayer, supplication, and faith. So kingdom, kingdom dwellers, we got to keep the faith alive, realizing less is more. And I want to also give you incentive to look at what you have already and see what can be done. Seek God about it, but also look at what you have and see what needs to be revisited. Sometimes we leave stuff behind because we don't think we are enough to complete it. Revisit that book you were writing. Revisit that painting you started. Revisit that, that book you were reading that is there to, to uh, give you encouragement, that self, those self-developmental uh, type of books. You know, Some of us read those self-help books because we really need it. And then we start reading it and then we stop and we just close it and, and put it on the shelf. Revisit that book, you know, revisit, revisit reading that book, revisit it. And uh, you will find that with this mentality of less is more that you will complete what you originally set out to do. I wanna go ahead and some closing steps. So okay. acknowledge what you have, know that less can be more valuable. Focus on what you have and don't compare to what others have. Hmm. Change your perspective. Plan and strategize how to reach your more, your goal. We're going to give our blessing to you for this week and pray that it reaches you and touches you. And if there's anything that you want to talk about, if there's any topics you want us to discuss, just know that you can connect with us at connect at kingdomsistersradio.com. That is connect at kingdomsistersradio.com. You can reach out to, the, to us that way and we'll be sure to review those emails. But for, this, for this upcoming week and for this season, you know, in this overall season, we pray that God will continue to instruct your, your path show you what you need to do. We pray that God guides you, that God encourages you, that God strengthens you. We pray that you do more with your less. And if you have less, acknowledge that you have less and do more. Oh, 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 oh,